the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across 24-7 sports. Never mind. It's not all over the Facebook network. I totally forgot about that. Listen, man. Oh, we've, we, our podcast has realigned conferences. <laughs> We're not on the Facebook network anymore. We were once, and then I figured out that we weren't. So then I had to start changing it. I'm look, you're you're picking apart these things as though it's a grant of rights, which was not signed <laughs> by the Pac-12 as we gathered together, Tom Fernelli and myself, for our second conference realignment emergency podcast of the day. And I saw you lamenting on Twitter that at one time we were talking depth charts, schedules, and like actual football things, and for about a week, pretty much a week straight. We have been nothing but conference realignment, and I miss it too, man. I really miss it too. So before we get out of here, I have a football-adjacent question and topic that we can have some fun with to actually talk about uh, the the football that is at hand that's getting started in 22 days, okay? Okay. We, 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 we are so close to football. I will give us some football uh, topics. Okay, so uh, as we alluded to on the first emergency podcast of the day, which mostly focused on Arizona, expected addition to the Big 12, that does seem to be uh, headed in that direction. And especially, if not accelerated, by the fact that Oregon and Washington, they showed up to the meeting where George Klyovkov was hoping to get everybody to sign a grant of rights to a new media rights deal. Oregon and Washington, uh, or Oregon specifically, according to reports, said, hey, look, we've made our decision. If this Big Ten invite comes, we're just going to go ahead and take that. We're not going to sign this right now. That accelerated throughout the day. Uh, as we sit here at 3 p.m. Eastern time, it, it's just a, a formality of the Big Ten conference throwing up a logo and everybody having their press conference because they're even talking about it on the Big Ten network. Okay, mm-hmm. I'd say that this thing is locked and done. So you've been on CBS Sports HQ talking about the breaking news. I've been on CBS Sports talking about the breaking news for 
Oregon and Washington, there's clearly a huge financial benefit, one that they're even going to pay a little bit of a tax on. From a competitive standpoint, do you think that Oregon and Washington are going to find themselves joining the Big Ten in 2024, a new 18-team Big Ten, and being able to um, settle in in a place where they are competitive? Like, How's this going to go right off the bat? Oh, they'll be competitive. Like I, I, they're solid programs. I think that, as far as football is concerned, in, in the immediate future, they should still be pretty good. Now, obviously, Michael Penix and Bo Nix will be gone, which is right. a shame because at least if Michael Penix had remained, we would have the Indiana-Washington Indiana. rivalry right off the bat. But damn it, that won't. We happen. still do with Kalen DeBoer a little. True. True. Yeah. So, oh, oh, the hatred it flows deep between those two schools, but. Long term, I don't know, because it will be interesting to see, like, if they're only getting, I don't know, 30 million a year compared to the 70 that everybody else is getting. I don't know if there will be a deficit that forms for his because, like, the deal will be through what the end of the current TV contract is my understanding, which is not super long. So I don't know. I think Oregon will be fine because they still have all that Nike money behind it. Mm-hmm. I just think that. It's not so much the football I think will suffer. It's going to be there are other sports that suffer because it is a lot of traveling and it's going to be very, very weird. And it's just, I, I don't even know what to say at this point about this stuff anymore. Honest to God, Chip, like who, who asked for any of this? Like who, what Big Ten fan was out there begging to add Oregon and Washington or USC and UCLA to the conference to begin with? Like, I, I understand that from the Oregon, Washington side, with the way the Pac-12 is currently going, there's kind of like a we, the Big Ten life raft that you're yearning for and reaching out for. But if you're an Oregon fan, are you genuinely excited about going to the Big Ten? Like, are you really looking forward to playing Minnesota instead of Oregon State? Are you Washington if you're looking forward to playing Iowa instead of Wazoo? It's, I don't know. It's, I, it sucks. That's the only way I could, I, I don't like it at all. I don't want, it's nothing against Oregon or Washington or USC and UCLA. I like those schools. I just like them in the Pac-12. I'm not excited at all about an 18-team Big Ten. For now, 18-team Big Ten. Not um, until it's 20. Yeah, So, because then it's the Big Ten 10. We, we, <laughs> are, we are steadfast and resolute in campaigning for this to be the Big Ten 10. That's the reason why I want 20 teams. So, I think that... Or an or here's an Oregon fan. And we even got some Oregon fans that are watching w- with us live. And we appreciate you hanging out. You even saw uh, our good friend and frequent listener exploring with Ben and Sam. At least it's done. Okay. And there is something comfortable. I was thinking about that as I was stressing out over having to figure out scheduling the HQ hits and the, another emergency podcast and what's going to happen tonight or this weekend. And I was like, man, it it probably does feel good if you're like an Oregon athletic director or board of trustee. Like, at least, at least you know, at least mm-hmm. you know where your future is going to be, and your future is stable. It is one of the premier properties uh, in all of shoot American sports at this point, based on how big, uh, based on how big the Big Ten and the SEC have each gotten. And I think that if you're an Oregon fan, you are glad that you are going to be competing at the highest level of the sport. Like the ego of it all, the the idea that you fancy yourself a program that wants to stand among the best, and if you were, if it's a choice between being left on the junior varsity team or being able to go play with the big boys, that you tell yourself as an Oregon fan, 
we at least will get to test ourselves against the very best in the country. And that's where we would like to be. Mm -hmm. I think that it's, it's at least it's done and I don't have to stress about this anymore. And then number two, even though the level of competition is changing dramatically, even though the travel is going to be insane, at least we are at the big boy table, no matter what happens in the future of college athletics, Oregon will be a part of the sport at the highest level. Yeah, for sure. But I want to push back on one word you used and it is a word I have used and we've all used a lot over when it comes to conference realignment in recent years. And I think it's time we kind of all take a look in the mirror and stop using this word. You said that if you're Oregon and Washington, you're relieved in that now your future is set and things are stable. Ooh, okay. Stability does not exist in college football. And we really need to stop saying, well, they need to do this so they could find stability. No. Like this morning in our first original, when we did the original emergency podcast, things changed three times in the time we were on air. We went from the Pac-12 is dead to it's saved to it's dead again to it's saved again. Like there is no such thing as stability. The TV deal that the Big Ten signed is for six years. It's stable for six years. Who the hell knows what it's going to look like at that point? So I don't know. It's it's my my plea for us and for anybody in this industry is to stop using that word. Stable. Stability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. More stable than life in the Pac-12. You're at least... The Big Ten has not seemed to be in the business of kicking members out. So at least you're there. At least Mm -hmm. you made the squad, right? You know, you're you're at least there. You made the point last week when I was being a baby about like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and how it's like the Big 12 is the zombie Big 12. And it's like, yeah, the name still exists, but the conference that was originally formed doesn't. Like the the main teams from that league are gone. And you brought up how like the Big 10 and the SEC in a way were, you know, very much the same. And I pushed back on it, but no, you're right. Like as somebody who grew up in the Big 10, I look around and it's like, okay, there are Maryland and Rutgers I guess I've gotten used to it. Nebraska was the only one like of the of the expansion teams in my lifetime that I was old enough to care. Like Penn State, I was a little kid when they joined the league. So I, I, I had no thoughts on it. Nebraska, I was cool with because it made a ton of sense. Maryland and Rutgers never made sense to me. USC, UCLA, Washington and Oregon just do not make sense to me. And you're right. The Big Ten is not the Big Ten anymore. It's still mm-hmm. called the Big Ten, but it is a completely different league. And one of the things I think we need to talk about here, because part of the reporting when this first broke that this was going to be happening, like there were tweets saying there's still hesitancy among the big 10 schools about doing this, but they're doing it anyway (laughs) because they're not in charge. Yeah. And it's just, it's so, I don't know if we should do it. Okay. Let's do it. Like nobody wants to think these things through. Well, isn't the counter like the way that it was sold within the big 10, the idea that you're getting a, a a premium product at a discount. Yeah. It's on sale. Yeah, and look, I made some dumb purchases mm-hmm. because things were on sale. Or I have at least not dumb purchases. I've at least made purchases or been excited about something that I was not otherwise, um, you know, looking for. If I knew that I was getting thirty to forty percent off, and I think that the Big Ten University presidents that were against the idea of expanding further, because again, like, and I'm, I'm gonna try to keep keep the questions flowing in. I'll try to get to uh, as much as I can, just like right off the bat, we had someone saying, so does this mean that they are in for 2024? Yes. Yeah. Does this mean that it is huge headaches for the, a yeah. league that just figured out yes. a flex model for 16 teams? Yes. 
<laughs> we get more content out of it because we're going to have to release another reaction to the new schedule. Just throw away all the downloads from the uh, all the time that we spent talking about the old schedule. Maybe Penn State will actually get a permanent rival when they rework it. <laughs> Congratulations, Penn State. Your permanent rival is UCLA. Woo! Um, but yeah, this is going to happen right away. And like, that is not something that every Big Ten university president wanted. They wanted to say, look, let's just figure this thing out with USC and UCLA. And then the response was like, but if we act now, if you're one of the next 10 callers, you can get Oregon and Washington two big state universities with huge alumni bases. They're in the AAU. They care about research. They care about all the academics. They fit our profile. They're just way far away. And I think that if we're 40% off, we can figure out how to make it work. And then they came around and they said, yes. While supplies last. While supplies last. Um, all right, let's go with a, a question here from Stetson. Does this make Oregon and Washington's path to win a national title harder or easier? So much harder. So much harder. I mean, to get out of the Pac-12 in a 12-team playoff, like if conference champions are automatically put in. Which TV, uh, which TV did, but on. still, to get through the Pac-12 when USC and UCLA were about to leave, like what was your biggest roadblock? Now you're going to a league in which USC and UCLA are also joining, but there's also Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Like when I look at Washington and Oregon, I put them more on the tier of the Wisconsins and Iowas than I do the teams that are winning the Big Ten or like the national title contenders, and that's not a knock on them. It, that's a very good level to be at. It's just, God, no, it does not get easier. So I... I initially, yes, because there is that path. I think that one stem of this is that when the college, the next college football playoff contract comes up, is that we are not going to have six automatic bids for conference champions. You're dead right. Yeah. Um, and that you, you're going to be in a position where being the fourth best team in the Big Ten is probably going to get you to a playoff spot. Mm hmm. I, I think that this consolidation is going to have them rethinking it, and it's worth mentioning that the 12-team the model with the six automatic bids, that is only in place for two years. We still have to renegotiate what the playoffs going to look like and how many teams are going to be in it, what the format's going to be after for starting in the 2026 season. I've been referencing that a lot because I was thinking we might expand to 16, and that might still happen, but also there ain't no way, based on the current landscape of college football, that say six conference champions and let's say anytime Notre Dame wins 10 games they're probably going to be among them so that's seven so you're telling me that uh, a team like Oregon maybe which is like the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten in one season is going to be looking at UTSA and be like come on come on and I'm sorry Jeff Trailer, I didn't mean to send a stray your way but that is going to be the mindset that is going to change the way that the college football playoff is constructed I think because that's what they might be a Pac-12 team by that point. <laughs> and like uh, the other side of this, Oregon and Washington, the Pac-12 was going to be a single bed league, right? You either win the you either win the Pac-12 or you're probably not getting an at-large bid. Mm -hmm. Big Ten does, you know, include the possibility for some at-large uh, competition, but um, this, as it's currently constructed, 
the ability to win the Pac-12 and make it to the college football playoff, have a shot at a national title, without a doubt, Oregon was going to have so much uh, an easier time doing that in 2024 than they will now having to do so in the uh, in in, tw- in the Big Ten. And again, we have to consider for the first six years or whatever that they're in the league, they're going to be making half as much as everybody else in their own league. I. I, I, I listen. I'm, I know that we don't have any of our uh, Seminoles on here, but I'm not sure that the that money to winning is like a year by year thing. I understand over time, but I I feel like Oregon should still Oregon should still expect itself even if, even if it's making twenty thirty million dollars less than one of its conference members. There are still schools that Oregon should be like. We should beat those guys. Oh, for sure. We should be ahead of those guys. For sure. But 30 million over six years is 180 million. Right. That's a lot of money to not have that your your direct competition will have. What's JP Morgan Chase doing? We'll be able to get them to come solve this problem. Yeah. Can we just talk like we talked about it on the earlier, the, the earlier emergency pod. We had the announcement today that private equity firm, are going to be a part of Florida State now and will probably become a part of the sport if this goes through because once somebody does it, other schools are going to try to do the same thing. And that just kind of got immediately gets pushed to the side because of all this realignment stuff. Like, the sport is fundamentally changing, not just in realignment. It is the way it is being run. Private equity firms investing in public schools. Great. The headline, yeah, and it'll probably get there because there's financial incentive and political incentive and whatever, but it did seem like they've got some hurdles to figure out, right? Like we've got to, we've got to restructure some things, but if there was ever an argument for college football players being employees, it is private equity firms (laughs) pouring their money into athletic departments. Um, And again, that's Florida state is in talks with private equity firms to try to see what it would look like. And there are complications. Like, would they be buying into the booster club or would they be buying into the athletic department? If they are buying into the athletic department, can the athletic department still be a nonprofit? Does it now have to break off on its own? Like there's, there seem to be at least a few hurdles or at least questions that need to be answered before we're just pumping $500 million into Florida state and giving all of our big 10 checks back to the bank. But yeah, I mean, it could be there. <laughs> like, they come in and they're like, "Listen, hey, we're here for our Florida State uh, quarterly earnings call. A little bit disappointed, you know. The uh, September didn't get off to a good start. The loss to LSU really hurt our stock price and market value. So, the volleyball team's not doing away games this year. <laughs> we're really sorry. We've sold the volleyball team to the New York Times. So." <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> Yeah, no, I really hope that we're not um, that we're not in that position at one point or another, but you never know. Coming up on the other side, I promised we will get some football adjacent talk. Like if Oregon and Washington were to make the move this year, where do we think they'd fall in the Big Ten? That and more next Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So if you were Washington State or Oregon State, would you rather um, would you rather pull up teams from other conferences to try to form something? Or would you rather just leave? Again, if there's no deal, there's nothing tying you to the conference. Would you rather um, like go join the Mountain West? Uh, horse of a different color situation. Like I think it could be similar to the Big 12 in that brand recognition is so important that the Pac-12 brand, even as decayed and destroyed as the actual Pac-12 is, could be more valuable. So as far as selling it, like if, if you go to the Mountain West and you're basically selling the same TV package, like it's the same schools, but one's called the Mountain West and one's called the Pac-12. Since the Pac-12 brand is bigger and has that power of five history and prestige, you might be able to squeeze more money out of that as far as selling yourself to networks. So I think that you'd probably prefer whatever is remaining of the Pac-12 by the end of next week, but hell, by the end of today, that you pull up from the Mountain West or from Conference USA or wherever you pull up from and then just keep the Pac-12 name and go with that. But that's kind of just like, okay, so we saved the Pac-12, but it'll be at the expense of the Mountain West or Conference USA or somebody else. So it's just, it's a nonstop cycle. I think I, I think I might rather go try to make, help make the Mountain West awesome. I think just because the, the brand recognition hit, how about this? If it's just Washington state and Oregon state and you're the only two left, then you go to the mountain West, go to the mountain West. If you do still have four, I can rock with your, you know, argument for um, your argument for trying to keep it together. Cause you could even just, I mean, you don't even have to add that much, right? Let's, let's think of it this way though. Cause like, let's, if Apple said $20 million per school for up to 12 schools with ladder payouts based on how many subscriptions you would sell, you're not going to sell as many subscriptions based on your membership, but you would at least have a some financial deal that mm-hmm. you know can be functioned with. Like when we start to talk about the per school payouts at some of the other conferences, that I don't have it off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that's not even $20 million per school per year. Probably not. I, I don't know, but... If let's say Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah all jump to the Big 12. So now you're left with the four of Wazoo, Oregon State, Cal, and Stanford. Based on what you know of Cal and Stanford, do you think they want to be associated 
with Oregon State and Washington State, do you think they want to be associated with the Mountain West, or do you think they'd be more likely to just pack up shop and fold the football programs and just compete somewhere with their athlete or Olympic sports? For the sake of Troy Taylor, good gravy. I hope that they don't want to just pack it up because then that would mean they're packing it up next year. Are they independent? Stanford could be an independent in a heart. Could be, yeah. But I don't think Cal would even. I don't think Cal would survive as an independent. I think Stanford could for sure. Stanford. So yeah, I, who knows? Yeah. So uh, this was a question from Michael. Michael said, "Chances of Stanford and Cal being added to the Big Ten? They exist. I don't know how good they are, but I mean, they exist. And I, I don't think. I mean, first of all, UCLA is already what giving Cal like ten million a year from its yeah. its Big Ten winnings. Winnings. I'm sorry, earnings. Oh, yuck. Um, <laughs> well, they did win the lottery. Um, so. It, you can't rule it out because they're at 18. 20 probably makes more sense logistically. 24 might make even more sense after that. But I don't know what the appetite will be for it. But I didn't know what the appetite was for the Oregon and Washington because, as we talked about earlier, there was not everybody in the, in the conference was exactly excited about doing this. They will vote unanimously because they kind of have to, but it's not exactly something everybody was dying to do. They the Big Ten would love to add both of those schools from the academic prestige angle without an absolute doubt. The question is, what would they bring financially? And as it's becoming clearer and clearer, while the schools still have some power, it is no longer the schools running the conferences. So yeah, that's what makes me think that if if we're gonna imagine that there's some barrier at 20 or maybe 24, as you mentioned, for logistical purposes there are bigger draws on the board that the big 10 would be interested in mm-hmm. i am i hope that they're i hope that they're done at least for this year you know it's matt hinton tweeted something along the lines i can't remember exactly what he said but it was basically to paraphrase if we're headed for 24 team super leagues can we just go there now just get Instead it over of dragging this out year over year with just realignment rumors and just absolutely wearing fans down with it. Just jump to it. So that way, just rip the Band-Aid off and get it done if that's where we're all going. I think Notre Dame remains independent as, as long as it can, and it probably can do that for a long time. Um, my mind has changed on that. I used to think that they could have their hand forced and I don't think that's the case uh, whatsoever. Adding Stanford, though, would be a nice piece of trying mm-hmm. to put together the welcome package for Notre Dame, uh, who contractually, if they joined a conference, right, is also tied to that grant of rights, though their number to get out is much smaller <laughs> than it is for uh, the other members of the Atlantic Coast Conference. If adding USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, and Stanford is what it finally takes for the Big Ten to get Notre Dame, it would be the Thanos meme. The what did it cost? Everything. everything. <laughs> like you finally got what you wanted all along and you only had to give up everything to get it. Yeah. Um, all right. So if I told you we would have something football adjacent. So if you are, if this ha- were happening before the 2023 season, where would Oregon and Washington fall in the Big Ten? So we're putting, are we putting USC and UCLA in there too? Yes. All right. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, USC, Oregon, 
Penn State, Washington, Wisconsin is how I would go. I I would have Penn State ahead of Oregon. That's perfectly defensible. Yeah. I think let's see, what would I I, I just as weird as I, I understand what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I think Drew Alar has a ton of potential. I have more confidence in Bo Nix's floor than I do Drew Alar at this point just because we haven't seen enough of him. So for that reason alone, my God, I am putting faith in Bo Nix. Yes, it's a hypothetical, but it's still terrifying to do. I would put Oregon slightly ahead of Penn State. I, I It is worth doubting him considering James Franklin has not known how to pronounce his quarterback's last name for like the first year of him being on campus. Um, Would you call him Aller? It's Aller. Yeah. I had to I had to track down the man himself on a podcast on YouTube. I was like, uh uh-uh, I'm gonna get it. And there was a question in the podcast, like, so how do you pronounce it? Cause Franklin said Alar, but it's Aller. Okay. Well, damn it. James. I I do think that Drew Aller is gonna be fantastic. I think that uh I, I think I would take Penn State's running backs over Oregon's running backs. I think I would take Penn State's defensive front over Oregon's defensive front. I think I'm Penn State over Oregon. I think I'm Oregon slightly ahead of Washington. And then I think Wisconsin is the team from the wet, the current West that I would put up there. And I would put Wisconsin ahead of UCLA. But I might not have UCLA that much farther back. Like I'll have UCLA ahead of Iowa. UCLA has a chance to be like, I know they lost DTR, but they have a chance to be one of the most entertaining and exciting teams in the country this year, because you think of what chip Kelly has always kind of been able to do as far as his offense and innovating things and finding new wrinkles. And now you're adding Ken Yama Tololo to the mix. Who's, you know, got all that history and the option. It's like, that is a team that this year could be so fun to watch. Have you turned in your, um, the all American teams. No, I have not. So we vote on a CBS sports preseason freshman of the year. And I was digging in on Dante Moore, and I'm not positive. He'll start the year, Mm -hmm. but I kind of got the sense that he's so good that it might be one of those like three games in or so chip. Finally is like, okay, let's do it. And then he can unlock something and and be able to take UCLA's offense to another level. Obviously, they're projecting the best of Dante Moore might be in the future, heck, in the Big Ten era. But I'm really excited about what UCLA's offense might be, especially if Dante Moore is able to put it all together on Saturdays, which, as we know, is always tough for a Mm -hmm. freshman to be able to do. So he did not end up getting my vote for preseason freshman of the year, but he was definitely under consideration. Uh, I think, let's see. Who did? Do you want me to tell you? Sure. Uh, Deuce Robinson. Terrible. 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 The USC tight end who, thanks to not getting drafted in the MLB draft, (laughs) is going to be six foot five monster in the middle of the field while, like, they're going to send all those awesome wide receivers to the side. And then Caleb Williams is going to have a freak athlete over the middle. So he's going to be Kelseying it. Yes. I'm going I'm to take Deuce Robinson as my preseason uh, freshman of the year. It makes sense. I keep comparing Caleb Williams to Patrick Mahomes, so we might as well have Deuce Robinson be Travis Kelsey. There you go. I love it. Um, all right, so let's see what other questions we have. Ooh, 
Fighting Words from Bailey. I'm excited to see just how good some of these Big Ten West schools actually are. They're pretty good. They're yeah. They, they get the Big Ten West gets a lot of heat because there there are no elite teams, but from top to bottom, it's a pretty solid division. And you know, it's the, Purdue and Nebraska are on alert. Yeah, but I think they, Nebraska could be trending in the right direction. I think Illinois is trending in the better direction. I just, yeah, it's going to be fun. It'll be very interesting to see how they all stack up because we have talked about it before. The Pac-12 was very good at the top last year, and the Pac-12 is generally very good at the top. At the bottom, it's been soft for a while. And once you get to this new Big Ten, there really aren't like the smaller, you know, like Northwestern will exist and who knows what that's going to look like. Rutgers, who knows what that's going to look like. But Indiana, you know. But other than that, like, you're not going to get to play them every year because there are 18 freaking schools in the league. So the schedule is about to get a lot more difficult for everybody, not just the schools currently in the Big Ten West. The schedule is going to be much more difficult for USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon, too. So how many should they go to 10 games? Yeah, no, they should. 18 teams in the league play 12. (laughs) <laughs> what do you need non-conference games for anymore? Like you're literally playing non-conference teams every week and ACC teams. Yeah, it's what does it matter? Um, I think ten because if you do ten conference games, then you're going to be able to work your way through the entire conference in two years. You get like one was it that'd be like a one mm-hmm. plus nine model or some something along something, something like, close yeah you to have that. your one protected rivalry and then you can go eight eight or whatever yeah I I would definitely I would definitely increase the the league schedule and to, then look you can play one regional team and then if you want to go schedule if you ha let's let's, let's throw some red meat out there if you want to schedule like Ohio State and put Notre Dame on the schedule then you can still do that if you want to schedule like Michigan and go play UNLV then you can do that you know. Yeah. It's like totally up to you. Um, somebody banned Sam Barry from commenting after that latest one there. What? Monday, Monday podcast, podcast ideas. No. Redo the Big Ten 2024 <laughs> schedule predictions. Sam Barry is banned from the live chat. Uh, by the way, speaking of live, we have a ton of uh, people watching right now. And if, if it's your first time joining us, uh, thank you so much here at the Cover 3 podcast. Do me a favor smash the subscribe, hit the like. And uh, if you are a subscriber, you can come and join in the chat. It's been going since well before we even went live here at youtube.com slash cover three. So again, thanks for everybody for hanging out. Uh, And you can find us on the audio forum wherever you get your podcast. But hey, you are here right now. Lots of you. I can see the numbers. So hit the subscribe, hit the like, and we appreciate it in advance. Um, So if the big 12... Does end up so Arizona seems like we're they're at least further along down the path. You know, mm-hmm. checking the boxes. Uh, Arizona State, Utah, that would take it to sixteen. Big Ten at eighteen. Do you think the Big Twelve would explore further expansion? Yes. The question is, where would the Big Twelve go for that expansion? Like, are you yeah. rating the American Conference USA, the Mountain West? Where, where, where do you get those two teams? I think there UConn. are plenty. Yeah. But, it would be but, UConn and one more. The question, the question is like, were you so excited about your UConn plan that now you're just kind of stuck with it? Because like, you could go UConn, Memphis, boom, boom, and now you're you're at eighteen too. Yeah, but I mean, 
When was the last time adding UConn to a conference helped that conference? The Big East, but yeah, I, that's, that's yeah. it's not football. But I got you. Um, the a, a suggestion from the chat: Do you do you wait to see what happens to the ACC? Mm-hmm. Like if all of a sudden, things start to splinter. Do you find yourself with a Louisville or a Pitt or um, valuable, you know, valuable programs, valuable brands, just you know, not necessarily on the level of uh, a Florida State, but certainly something that would add value to your lineup as you've got it right now. All right, let me let me spit this at you real quick, okay? Danny and Bud aren't here, so I can bring it up, and not worry about you know getting death stares. I'm not sure that there is a spot for Florida State in the Big Ten or the SEC, even Cur- if they buy their way out. Currently, currently, correct. So, is there any kind of benefit? to joining the Big 12 if you're Florida State. You would become the premier flagship football program in the conference nearly immediately as far as tradition and status and all that kind of stuff. Adding you adds another school in Florida, which probably improves the television deal in the long term. I don't know if they would redo it immediately. But if like Clemson and Florida State joined the Big 12, does that not increase the value of that league, both from a television aspect and from a football aspect? I don't, I don't not positive. They make more money in the big 12 than they do in the ACC. No, they don't. I'm saying long-term though. If the ACC is in a situation where you feel like it is untenable to be there because the league is not open to the idea of the unequal revenue sharing for you, is there a possibility that long-term maybe you'd make more money in the Big 12 and you'd be maybe the best two programs in the conference getting year in and year out into the playoff. Do you think that Florida State would be able to strike up its own television deal as an independent? Florida State was independent before it joined the ACC in 1992 and some of its rise, you know, early Bobby Bowden years were with him going around saying, we'll play anybody anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, They are able to at least tap into a history of independence and so if they were to break free from the Atlantic Coast Conference's deal, pay their way out, leave a big old check, do they now have an opportunity as Florida State massive brand to be able to create their own television deal, not have to share it with anybody and sort of start running your own operation from there? My initial reaction is yes. But thinking out a little longer, like even going back to our conversation with Stanford, could survive as an independent. Can anybody survive as an independent now, honestly, in this landscape besides Notre Dame, who is just already has a giant TV deal? Because if you look, Florida State's in the ACC, the ESPN owns the ACC's rights. If Florida State breaks off the ACC and kind of destroys the ACC, is ESPN going to be willing to shove a bunch of money in Florida State's directions for the rights to show its games when it already has all the SEC and it has other deals? Is Fox going to be shelling out a bunch of money for Florida State's games when it already has the Big 12 and the Big 10, which is now 18 teams, and the Big 12 could be 16 teams? I don't know what the market would be for Florida State, even with its brand on the open market. Like, I think it would have to be kind of a – it'd be like like Notre Dame has NBC, so NBC's not going to – and they just got Big 10 rights. They're not going to come after you know Notre Dame. They're not going to piss off Notre Dame by going after Florida State too. 
I just don't know what market there would be unless they came with like a TV, TNT, TBS kind of deal. Like if they threw a bunch of money in the like do like they did with the Braves way back in the day with the TBS Superstation, maybe. But I just don't know if you're getting what are they getting like thirty five million a year in the ACC something yeah, ballpark? It's, it's mid to higher thirties. And look, I'm I'm not like a cheerleader for the ACC. What I have is actual insight beyond the base level stuff. Mm-hmm. They've got their third tier rights which are going to flip from Raycom to ESPN in 2027, that will lead to a bump in the payout. You know, that was some of the old Jefferson pilot relationships that were built into the deal. And then when those rights flip over to the ACC network, ACC network payouts increase. And as I mentioned on this morning's show, the other opportunities for revenue lie with the ACC network and trying to figure out a way to make it better, Um, you know, make productions better, put, more good stuff on there so that you can uh, sell the ACC network for more money to more people. But yeah, mid to high thirties is my understanding of it. So it's like, would Florida state be able to get that much on its own, but also enough to where it could cover itself and not have the, I guess, security of having, you know, 11 other schools working with it. I don't know. It'd be, it's it's impossible to know, honestly, for me. I Again, my instinct is like, yeah, it's Florida State. Why couldn't it be independent? I mean, it's one of the bigger brands in football. At the same time, Oregon and Washington just joined the Big Ten. What the hell is anything anymore? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is anything anymore? Tom Fernelli, 2023, <laughs> August 2023. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else from this that uh, that, that stands out to you? Um, no, (laughs) no, no. I like the Turner idea. Turner isn't in on college football, but they are in on the tournament. So, and there, there had been reports that like they had been sniffing around PAC 12 TV rights. So maybe there is interest in there from them. If something like that were to happen, like I wouldn't be surprised if at some point TNT, TBS, Turner, is broadcasting college football games. And they also, like you said, with the NCAA tournament, they kind of have an existing relationship with CBS already. So mm, we'll see. We'll see. Um, again, the, as, as you can tell from the headline, as, as for those of you who've been hanging out with us, Oregon and Washington indeed on their way to the Big Ten, the Pac-12 fracturing just a bit as it does appear as though Arizona and potentially others will be on their way to the Big 12. Um, August 15th, this is the, the, the date. Once we hit August 15th, that's it, at least until next August 15th. It's just August 4th, but it feels like we've gotten over a hill here, knock on wood, and, uh, and I hope that everybody, Tom, yourself, and all of our listeners can enjoy their weekend without refreshing streams of Board of Regents meetings. Oh, God, I got to text Danny. To let him know that it happened? Yes. <laughs> we'll see. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Tom, thank you very much. Thank you. Set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. 
For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.